Now, when we talk about learning, right, you can't set off in the direction when you start to think that today I want to sit down and read and my, I believe that after two hours of reading, I will know what stock that I can invest in. It can't be like that. The thing about learning is this. You have to be able to spend time to read up without an intention to discover a particular stock. It is just pure learning. Hi, I'm Mr. Money and you're listening to The Real Money Show, the podcast where we talk about how to make more money, how to manage money, how to invest money and more. Join us as we interview our guests and explore different ways to make the most of our money in the real world. Welcome to the show. One of the most common questions that people ask us is, how can they pick out a quality stock to invest in? In this episode, we will talk about the method and the exact steps that we use to identify quality stocks to invest in. And we hope that will help you to become a better investor. Hello, what's up everyone? Welcome back to our Tuesday Tuition Center. And today we're going to talk about how to identify high quality stocks. All right, everyone. How's everyone doing tonight? Thank you very much, Live and Run. Yes, we have finally hit 21,000 subscribers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and this is because there's you guys who are supporting the channel. So thank you very much for supporting the channel, Mr. Money TV. And you know, really great to have you guys. I think um, just to share with you guys at the start of this itself is, I think over this journey of building Mr. Money TV, the team, all of us have learned one thing. We couldn't have done it without you guys. We could have done it without the people who are watching. We couldn't have done it without you guys sharing this. Right, and you know, never in my life that I actually thought that uh, by putting up our content online, there are people who will want to listen to what we have to say about investments, about financials, and I think Malaysia, we have come to a place, at least in Asia, that's what I think that people are becoming more and more financially aware. In the past, all of us only depended on agents or uh, formal education to teach us about financial education. The only time that we get to learn about finance is if you walk into a bank and the banker tries to sell you some sort of financial products. Or either your friend gives you a call and became an insurance agent and try to actually sell you an insurance or unit trust or whatnot. And that's the only time you get to learn about finance, right? And so... The thing about Mr. Money TV, what we tried to build was to find a place where people are comfortable in learning about finance, personal finance, without the, the feeling that someone wants to sell you something or um, the advice that's given is buyers. So that was what Mr. Money set out to do. Yeah, that was what these channels set out to do in the start itself and thank you very much for supporting our work thank you 
So that's all. Yeah, great, wonderful. You know, uh, today is Tuesday night, and we're here to talk about how to identify high quality stocks. All right. I believe uh, some of you also have some questions, right, when it comes to uh, the stock market. Because in the next two days, or within this week itself, we are going to see two bonus issues that's going to be happening, which is namely Top Glove and Supermax. And many people are also asking a question, should you keep, should you sell, you know, questions like this. Um, I'm going to give a brief answer tonight about what I think. Uh, but before that, let's go into the topic of tonight. How to find good quality stocks? Because this will really come down to the basis of why am I giving you the answer of to sell, to hold, or whatnot. Alright? If you guys, all of you are ready, do me a simple favor. Since you have hit 20,000 subscribers, hit the like button and also hit the share button. Now, first thing when we talk about how to pick good quality stocks, right? The first step is generating investment ideas. What do we mean by investment ideas? Some time ago, or very often I would say, people always ask this question. Mr. Money, Peter, can you tell me how do we identify stocks to invest in? Because it seems like you guys who are uh, talking about stocks, teachers, right? You guys tend to know what stock to invest in. You won't like suddenly pull out of the blue company like Franken, suddenly great tech or something like that. Then you will know about this kind of company. How did you even come to know this kind of company? Now, the truth is when it comes to picking stocks, right? Especially when you talk about picking quality stocks. You need to be someone who is constantly learning. And the first step here, on how to find quality stocks is to be always learning. One of the things that uh, I heard from a podcast by this guy called John, uh, not, not John Ho, <laughs> but this guy in America, he's the managing uh, director of Sabre Capital for the hedge funds in the US. And he said one thing, uh, his wife finds it very hard to describe what is he doing. His wife finds it hard to describe to her friends what her husband does. And this is something that he told the wife. He said, just tell your friends that I'm a professional learner. That's what I do. I just learn. Now, why do we say that that is very, very important? If you think that learning is important, can you just write learning for me in the comment as well? Yeah. Now, you start with reading. Making it a point to learn about different business models learn about why certain companies are better than another companies. Like, for example, it may just come off to your mind like, hey, let's, it, it doesn't need to be something too complicated, you know, just think about, um, let's say, phones. That's something that all of us have. Why Samsung would be a better business than Apple or, bet, or Apple as a better business than Samsung? Why Realme or Xiaomi has a better business model than the other companies. Why Apple, as a computer, does better. Why Astro is not doing very well. Or why Netflix is doing better than Blockbuster and even took over and Blockbuster went bankrupt. So you need to learn all this. Now, 
when we talk about learning, right, you can't set off in the direction when you start to think that today I want to sit down and read and my I believe that after two hours of reading, I will know what stock that I can invest in. It can't be like that. The thing about learning is this. You have to be able to spend time to read up without an intention to discover a particular stock. It is just pure learning. Just pure learning. Just purely interested in learning more things. When you actually do that, then you're able to read up a lot more stuff. Like, I discover many companies to invest in both in Malaysia and US simply through a habit of listening to podcasts, through reading magazines, reading articles on Google. Like, for example, uh, when I was thinking about like you know, registering for new domains and all, I started wondering, you know how domains... Uh, every year you have to renew your domain. If you know that you have to renew, you, you know what I mean by like when you buy a website, let's say www.moneymaker.com, you have to pay a renewal fee. You guys know that, right? If yes, can you just write that renewal for me? No. Think about it. If there's a business model that gives you a renewal fee every year, that that is a good business model, right? Yeah, and website, everyone needs it. And so I was, I was reading about websites and everything all, and I was wondering what company would be collecting this money? So we know that there's GoDaddy and all this kind of stuff. And so happened that the other day I listened to the podcast and this guy was talking about business models and he mentioned this company called VeriSign in the US where what they do is simple. They own all these website domains and they sell it and they collect a renewal fee every year. There. I discovered a stock to invest in. See? That's how you discover stocks. So that's always the beginning of identifying quality business. Now, this will be different from the usual way of us looking at things. You see, usually when we discover a stock, right, to invest in, for many of you who are beginners, maybe like you just started investing and all, how many of you have just started investing during this period of time? It means that you only started investing during this uh, this MCO period onwards. If you're one of them, can you just write there, started? Just write started for me. No. For those of you who actually just started, you maybe the way you discovered stocks was through hearing what people say. Like, for example, Stephen Ng putting their Datasonic. Then you, oh, okay, Datasonic is a company. And you ask, can I invest in Datasonic? And like, people talk about uh, Top Glove. Then you're like, oh, Top Glove. Everyone's saying that it's doing well. So, can I invest in Top Glove? Then people say, IJM. Or they say, okay, maybe can I invest in it. But they say, Do Pharma. Then you're like, oh. So, when you hear all these company names, then you think, oh, should I invest in it? That is usually the start. However, at the other level of it, once you get past this, is more about learning more. So for example, like I just give you a very simple example, like how I discover company is I learn about business models. So it comes down to my daily life. Like I said, the other day I was thinking about buying a website domain and it just crossed my mind that, hey, isn't it good for this kind of business model that when they own websites and all you need to do 
is all, all you need to do as a website owner is just collect the fees for domain name renewal and provide them with a provider. And you don't need to do anything, you know, you just provide like that, any. That's a good business model, right? Like collect toll like that. Huh? And this kind of business model is great. Why? Because I know very clearly that once you own all these domain names, number one, it requires a lot of money lah, to, to first start off this kind of company that owns a lot of domain names and uh, the structure of it and so on. So it's not easy for other people to enter. And then when you are selling those domain names, as long as you sell X amount, then it covers your basic daily, uh, your basic capital. Then after that, it's pure profit. It's kind of like the second model of it is like toll roads, right? If you think about toll roads, think about LDP. How many of you go through LDP on a regular basis? How many of you drive past LDP or drive past a toll every day? If you drive past a toll, can you just write that toll for me? Just write toll. No. You don't need to be a super expert at first, but you just think about it. Whenever you drive past a toll, it's a necessity thing that you drive past a toll. And every time they're just collecting money from you. Now, when they first built the toll and the road, maybe it cost them one billion. But maybe after one billion cars pass through the tolls, they would have recovered their costs. And from then on, it's going to be pure profit. You see? So, this kind of business model is great. At the same time, then you got to think about the next thing. How about competition? Now, is it easy to build a toll road? No. You got to... It's not easy. Not any Tom, Dick and Harry can say, hey, this is a good business model. Tomorrow, let us go build a toll road. It doesn't work like that. Number one, you need to get government approval. Number two, Usually one place only need one highway lah. Put it this way, right? Number three, you need high capital. So it's not easy for other people to enter and compete with you from then on. Now with this, you have an understanding of a business model. So you ask yourself, is toll company a good investment? So when you discover like, hey, I think that toll company is a good investment, right? Then you ask yourself the next question. What are the toll companies in Malaysia or all around the world? Then you look at all of them and you ask yourself the next question. Which is the best and why? What makes a good toll company? For example, we know very well that if you own LDP, it's toll. It's a great business. Why? Because there's a lot of people staying in both the Bandar Sri Damansara and PJ area. And this one, and Kapong area after that as well. Crossing these two places is extremely... There's a lot of traffic. Very frequent. There's major neighbourhood. There's major commercial centre. A lot of warehouses are in Batu Caves. And a lot of the commercial activity is in PJ. It's a necessary crossing. That makes it a great company. Right? So, you ask yourself that question where what makes this particular business model, companies who adapt the same business model, become better than other people? Hmm? Now, 
So these are the questions. Now, uh, Wen Han. Wen Han said that, but there's no growth potential though, even though the business model is sustainable. You're right. That is toll. Right? That is toll. I wouldn't say no growth potential, but we just say the growth is a lot slower. Okay? Now, then it comes down to yourself what you're looking at. You know that this is a good business model. Let's say you think about toll. Then you think about other things that are very similar. For example, Spotify. How many of you are a Spotify subscriber? Could you just write Spotify for me? Spotify subscriber. Yeah. So, Spotify subscribers, the Spotify business model is also very similar to Toll. Netflix, very similar to Toll. Astro was very similar to Toll. It's literally a subscription business. See? So, when you learn about business model, then you will be able to discover what are the companies that are adopting the same business model. Then you look for what makes the company the best company. What is in this business model that makes it the best in terms of the company, right? And then you learn something from there. No. So, always learning is your first step of finding great companies to invest in. The key is very simple. Always be a learner. Learn, 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 and learn. After you learn all that, then you you see how it works out from there is once you learn about how this company works, you will slowly discover. So, let's just use Toll as a simple... Okay, now let's use Handphone as a simple example because all of us are a lot more familiar with Handphone, right? So some of you are using Apple, some of you are using Android. Can I ask how many people here are using iOS? If you are an iOS user, write iOS for me. If you are an Android user, write Android for me. Now, let's just think about handphone because it's a lot easier. It's a lot more relatable as well, right? What makes Apple great, right? And so stickier, very often, is this thing, which is their ecosystem. How many of y'all who actually use iOS find it very hard to change? Now, I'm an Apple user. To be honest, am I loving Apple products in the sense of like their functionality and everything? Or do I think it's better than Android? Not really. But I'm so stuck with their ecosystem that it's very hard for me to move to another system. You see, those are part of their business model. Now, once I understand this whole business model, why Apple has more value and so on, uh, these kind of questions start coming in. After I understand it, then the next question I'll be asking is, who makes Apple? Apple handphone, who makes them? Who's involved in the whole manufacturing process? That's when you will start discovering companies like TSMC. Then you discover companies like Foxconn. You discover companies like Inari. See? You slowly discover more and more. And as you discover them, then you discover other business. So, as you learn, you will be able to identify what are great business models in the market and great companies that use those business models and look for the best company from there. So learning 
is the number one skill that you need to learn when it comes to identifying great business. If you understand that, can you write great business for me? Just write great business so I know that you get the message there. Eh? So always learning. Don't stop learning. Do, you don't need to learn with an intention of discovering a stock right away, but just read up, read up, read up, read up more. All right? Second characteristic, second characteristic of a company that, that is great is this. Once you discover those companies, then you need to identify the next part. How to identify a great company is, is the company making money. That is extremely important. You see, no matter how you talk about this business, good or not, potential or not, yada, yada, everything, this and that, a great business comes down to one simple factor only. Is it making money? All the money makers, can you just write there? Uh, making money. End of the day, I believe, when you're watching this channel here, when you're listening to this, what you want is to look for a company that makes money. You, because you yourself want to make money, right? And that is what it means by great business. Great business makes money. Simple as that. Great business doesn't live on charity. Great business doesn't need to depend on people to, to support them in the sense where like, give them charity and Great business can give you something on value that you're willing to pay for it. And that's what it means by great business. Great business are profitable. It makes money. Period. Conclusion. Nothing already. You can tell me the company is so great, the CEO, number one, this and that, but it doesn't make money. That is not a great business. It is just a business model waiting to be proven great. It could be a great business idea waiting to be proven great. Get it? Yeah. So, making money is number one. So, how do you identify if a company is making money? How do you identify that? Anyone have any idea? How do you identify if a company is making money? Just write that in the comment. So someone also commented, when Han said, Bursa loss-making company are surging. You're right. It doesn't need to be a great company for the price to go up. As long as people are willing to gamble, then stock prices go up. Because you must always remember, the stock price that you see on Bursa Malaysia does not reflect the real value of the company. The stock price that you see on Bursa Malaysia or on the stock market itself is merely a perception of the value of what the public thinks. The real value is not that. So some say you can read the quarterly report to get the answer. You're right. Read the quarterly report, financial report. So once you get your hands on certain investment idea, like what kind of company to invest in, uh, what kind of business models to invest in. The next thing is this, learn to read the financial statements. And the truth is, this is actually the easiest part. I always tell our students this one thing, if you would have paid attention back in Form 3, Form 4, during your basic accounting, you would have learned how to read financial statements. 
Unfortunately, I did not as well. I only started learning to read financial statements very much later. But it's not that hard to learn. It's not that hard to learn. In fact, it's probably the easiest thing to learn in your whole investment journey because it is the thing that requires least interpretation. Well, it's pretty clear, right? Whether a company is making money or not. Look at the operating cash flow. Is it positive or negative? Is it growing year by year? Look at the free cash flow. Is it earning money? Growing year by year? Look at the profits. Net profit. Is it growing year by year? So, it is not that hard to interpret, right? The number tells. Now, can I ask you guys one thing? Do you guys think that operating cash flow is more important than net profit? Or net profit is more important than operating cash flow? Let's give some time for you guys to answer this question. Do you think operating cash flow is more important or net profit is more important? This is one of the things that we cover in our education classes as well. So, one hand said is one thing. QR is kind of difficult to read. What parts should we focus on? Now, if you're a beginner, when you first started looking at a financial statement, I would suggest to read up everything. But as you grow to be more um, seasoned as an investor, you will learn to pick up things. And here's where it helps to have learning experiences. If you understand how business model works and you understand industry well, then you will know certain companies, what are the areas that you want to look out for. What are the important financial data to look out for? It all comes with experience. It all comes with um, education. Yeah. So, some say, Nicholas say, operating law, obvious. Andy Lau. I like Andy Lau. Huh? I like your name. So, Andy said that uh, it's both. Both are important. Ji Hong said, operating cash flow. Uh, some say, operating cash flow. Joshua said, operating cash flow. Uh, Becky say operating cash flow. Lee say operating cash flow. Yeah, Joshua. Get profit but no cash, no use. Okay, I like this answer. This is exactly the answer that I would look for. Joshua Lee said this thing very correctly so. You see, got profit but no cash, no use lah. Especially for shareholders. See? At the end of the day, right, you must remember. Okay, one of the mistakes that a lot of beginner or people who are new in the stock market make is this. They only look at net profit. There's always this saying that goes this way. Huh? Profit doesn't pay bills. Cash does. Profit doesn't pay bills. Cash does. Cash flow is actually a lot more important at the end of the day. Yeah. And for some business, actually at the end of the day, I would say all the business, cash flow is king. In fact, there's this very famous saying, right? That goes... Uh, that I think it was Warren Buffett who actually said it, that intrinsic value of the company is simply a projection of a projection of the future cash flow that comes in. Intrinsic value of a company is simply the projection of the future cash flow of the company in the present. Yeah. So that's what it means. Cash is king. Yes, you're right. 
cash is king. So, look for a company that makes money. That's very important. If a company doesn't make money, it is an idea. A company that makes money, that is business. Alright? Yeah. So, yes, there are many ways to measure it. There's ROIC, ROE, you know, yada, yada, ROC, uh, cash yield, all sorts of measurement that you can find. Uh, end of the day, it comes down to different industry will find certain certain measurement more relevant than the other. Not every company, not every business will use the exact same measurement to measure their business. But generally, we are talking about cash here. Once a company got cash, then we are talking about a company that is possibility that it is a quality company. Okay? And this is the part that is the easiest to find. This is the easiest thing to learn and find in any company for anyone. Because financial statements are open. It's downloadable. You can just go to the website, download their QR, download their financial results. Right? Now, then we talk about the third part. Let's talk about the third part, right? Are you done with this? You understand already our cash flow. Huh? If you understand this, please write cash is king. Write cash is king. Then I'll move on to the third step. At the meantime, I just want to highlight this one thing that Becky say. I learned from my boss the importance of cash flow. Small workforce do the same work as large workforce and charge the same. Okay. Now, end of the day, I think what Becky is trying to say based on what I've read here is it doesn't matter what work that you're doing. What's most important thing is what cash is coming in. What's the quantity of cash that's com coming in, right? Mm. Now, let's go to the next part. After you identify that the company is making money, right? Then you must remember this one thing. In any business, what is the most important element? What is the most important element in a business? The people running the business. Those are the most important ones. Put it this way. I always ask our students this one thing. Would you buy a business that has no one running it? Or maybe I'll give you another example, right? Today, if you look at a mama store near your house that's doing very well, doing very well, let's say uh, Kayuna Sikanda, how many of you know Kayu Nasikanda? If you know Kayu Nasikanda, write Kayu for me. Let's say today Kayu Nasikanda is offering to sell off its business. They come to you and say, hey bro, you want to buy my business here? Huh? You want to buy it? Then you go like, oh yeah, sure, I want to buy it. Kayu Nasikanda is doing very well, a lot of businesses and so on. Then he told you, tells you this one thing. You know what? I'm going to sell you this, this Kayu Nasikanda shop. However, the only thing is this. There will be no one managing it. You got to rehire the whole team, rehire your own management, rehire your own waiters, train them yourself, everything you need to do yourself. You rehire everything. Lah. You just take the business. Lah. Would you consider buying this business? Yes or no? Yes or no? Can you all tell me the answer? What do you think? Would you buy a business without the people? Just buy the business itself. 
in my own opinion, I wouldn't buy it. Can you tell me your answer? Would you buy it? I wouldn't buy it. Why I would buy this business? The business will not make sense if there's no people unless the business started off with a business model that doesn't need people. So people is very, very important. Human capital is extremely, extremely important. Therefore, it comes down to the next part of evaluating a good business. is understanding and learning if the management team is good if they have good management. And what makes a good management team? To sum it up, there's two points. First, the ability to attract and retain talent. Is this company able to attract good talents? Are they able to attract people to work for them? Are they able to gain new people? But more importantly, are they able to retain the talent? Are they able to retain the talent? Now, this not something that you can read from a financial statement, right? So this gets tougher now. It requires you to go out and network or what we call scuttlebutt. This is where it requires you to scuttlebutt, which means doing more research, going out, talking to people. If you want to know whether the Dutch lady, this company stock can buy or not, can you find a Dutch lady staff and talk to them to understand their company culture, to understand if the turnover is high or not, to understand if they can retain talent or not? These are questions that you need to ask. These are what we call scuttlebutt. So how do you know? Go and find them, talk to them. You know, today it gets easier and easier. There's LinkedIn. Can you Do you dare to actually approach someone on LinkedIn who's working in a particular company and ask? Think about it this way. The truth is most of you who are working, right, before you work in the particular company or go for an interview, I'm pretty sure you will try to look for someone who worked there and ask them about the culture. Right? If you do that, can you write there, yes, for me. No, I, I remember many of the people, uh, many of the, my friends who are actually very good in what they do or very highly highly skilled and uh, employed very, uh, by big companies. They have this thing when, before they go into this company, they'll try to talk to people and they'll try to talk to people who work for that company to understand if they are going to be working in a role that they like, if their company's culture is something that they would like, if um, they are going to work for a boss that is good. They will try to answer all these questions as much as possible. And it's not very far different as an investor. Think about it this way. What do you think of a particular business, right, whose turnover rate is very high? What do you think about a particular business whose turnover rate is very high? If someone tells you, hey, when you work for company A, uh, wow, their staff uh, come in two months, uh, straight away quit on. Every staff come in two months also quit on. Very hard to hire. Do you think this business will do well over long run? If you think that it will do well, please write yes. If you think that it won't, just write no. Right? What do you think of a company if let's say when you talk to their people, you realize that every two to three months, the people will just leave the company. 90% of their staff are actually newcomers because most of their old staff will walk off from the company within just three or four months. If you think this kind of company, do you think it's going to do well? I'm pretty sure this kind of company won't do well. And usually this is the first sign that the company is facing a management leadership issue. This will usually be the first sign to tell you that this company is starting to face some change in leadership 
or culture or whatnot, they are facing some sort of a crisis. Will it be reflected in financial statements? Will you see this in financial statement? Yes or no? Can't see one, you know. But over long run, will it reflect in the financial statement? Very high chance. As far as we are concerned, talent acquiring, talent acquiring cost would be a lot higher itself. HR will need to spend more money. See? So, these are telltale signs. So, a company that's able to attract and retain talent is very important. Then it comes down to the next part of it, of management is, are they able to adapt? Because today we are in a changing world, you see. One thing that I learned in life is this. Nothing remains, there's only one guarantee in life. One thing I learned in life is this. There's only one guarantee in life, which is change always happens. How many of you have heard this before? Change always happens. If you heard of this, can you just write there, change always happens. Or just write, change. Now, with that in mind, right, we must remember that a business most important thing is this. Are you able to adapt? Are you able to change, pivot, and adapt to continue making money? To give you a very good example, Facebook. Facebook is a company that's so good in adapting. Superb. Superb in adapting. Think about it this way, right? When Facebook first launched, it was computer-based. I still remember it was web page and everything all. And it came to a point later when mobile was the thing, they actually adopted their system into a mobile-first company. So Facebook started changing, became very mobile first. Even today, if you look at your Facebook web, right, you will realize that it, it feels like it's built for handphone rather than it's built for uh, web page these days. Because mobile first, they know that that's the direction and they will focus on that even though it was not money making at the earlier days. It felt like it was a stupid decision to actually do that in many people's eyes. And then when it became uh, picture-based, they actually bought over Instagram. They weren't shy. They weren't like, oh no, we got to stay true to our earlier origins, you know, and become like what we wanted to be. They don't do this. They adapt. They look at Instagram. They buy them over and they change their things to be more alike. And then when they saw Snapchat, which actually became so popular at one point, they were threatened by Snapchat. What they do? What did they do? They developed stories. Short videos. And that was how they compete with Snapchat. And they did well. Now, the next thing is, they actually tried to buy Snapchat over, by the way, but uh, Snapchat wasn't willing to sell. And... Now with TikTok, they are coming out with their own things some more. They adapted. Again and again, they adapted, they adapted, they adapted. They were no shy. Literally, right? Uh, apparently, there was this thing that people were saying. There was this thing that people were saying. Uh, if you actually go to their all-hands meeting, uh, I was listening to this podcast. 
that talks about it's called business wars. Uh, I I always like to enjoy this podcast. Uh, there's this particular podcast that I enjoy. It's called Business Wars. You can go and Google it, or either you can check it out on Spotify. It's called Business Wars. All right, check that out. Uh, they talked about Facebook versus Snapchat. And one of the parts that they actually did mention was that they said that uh, they managed to get information and they found that during Facebook all-hands meeting, Mark Zuckerberg actually said this one thing. There is no shame in copying. There is no shame in copying. As much of that statement is quite an asshole statement, but being a business, I think it's fantastic. You don't need to be original. You don't need to be original to be the best. You just need to be good at it. That's all. You don't need to be the first to be the best. You just need to be good at something. So, finding a company with a management team that have an ability to adapt to changes is extremely, extremely important. Yeah, extremely, extremely important. And how would you know all this again if you do not have access to the company? Scuttlebutt. Number one, find someone in the company you talk to. If you can, read as much as you can. Watch any interviews that you can find about the CEO or anyone in their capacity. All those things tells you signs about how the company runs. For example, Google. If you can find friends there, great. Who works there, great. But if you can't, I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of interviews of uh, the CEO and whoever. But some of this interview may not be them telling you about their business. Some of this interview could be interviews that tells you about their technology, that tells you about their advertising, that tells you about other things. Now, that's why, at first when we talk about learning, I said that you, you cannot learn with an intention of thinking that you're going to discover some piece of information that will be useful immediately. It is just learning. In my journey of learning about semiconductor and learning about front can, how many of you came to our front can's uh, webinar? If you came to our front can webinar, can you write front can for us in the comment? Now, in our journey of learning about front can, right, we read up so many things that has got nothing, nothing to do with investing in front can. We read up about EUV, uh, the machineries, lithography. You see, all these are nothing to do with investing in it per se, you know. I was reading tech magazines. I was reading magazines that talk about quantum physics, stuff like that. It has nothing to do with investing in the business. I'm reading about the technology. In my journey of learning about Tesla, I went and read up about batteries. <coughs> I went and read up about solar. So it's really all about reading. Enjoy just reading, 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 finding out new things and so on. Right? And these are the things that we learn from there. And from there, you are able to find out whether the company is able to adapt or not. Also, 
it is through these kind of things, oddly, that you learn about the management team. It is not through their selling pitch, telling you about how good their company is. It is through them talking about what they do or talk about their product, talk about the technology that you will learn whether this company can adapt or not. See? So, finding out about the management team, ability to adapt, retainment of talent, those are very important. If you all get this already, let's move on to the next part, right? Let's move on to the next part. Alright, if you all get this, just write adapt for me. Thank you very much. And I'll move on to the next part. I'm reaching the end of it anyway. Then I'm going to open up the time for some simple questioning before I go into end. Take some Q&A. Alright, just write adapt for us. Now, the next part that I want to talk about is actually focus. Look for a company that is focused. <clears throat> Look for a company that's very focused in building their strength in a niche. What do we mean by that? Find a company that's good at doing one thing. They have to be so good in doing one thing. Yes, along the way, they will become bigger and bigger. But they have to be so good in doing one thing. And what is that one thing? For example, iOS. Was that one thing? All the focus, that one thing. To be so good at that one thing for Apple. Now, why is that important? And this is especially important if you're talking about companies that are young. Huh? If you think about Amazon, when it first started, it was selling books to an online community. They weren't targeting, that time, bookstores were still popular. But Jeff Bezos believed that there are people who will, who will shift to buying books online. And he thinks that there's a market for it. Was it very big at that point? No. But he continued doing that and he became so good at that. And from there, it slowly evolved. And with his knowledge of how to sell books online, it transferred into selling other things. And now, Amazon is one of the biggest marketplace in the US. He is one of the richest, literally he is the richest man now, one of the richest men, right? Think about Tesla, the same thing. When they first started, they were focused in building electric vehicle. Companies like Toyota, they were focusing on building multiple segments of car, from SUV to MPV to sedan, a couple of models of it to sports car. But Tesla was focused on building only one thing. The Model S. Focus. And they dominated the electric vehicle niche. Focus. So focused. So that's what we mean by focus. Looking for a company that's very focused in building their strength in the niche. Now, how many of you have read this book by Malcolm Gladwell? David and Goliath. Malcolm Gladwell. If you enjoy reading Malcolm Gladwell's book, just write Malcolm Gladwell for me. Thank you very much. Now, uh, he said this one thing. Would you rather be a big fish in a small pond or a small fish in a big pond? 
Would you rather be a big fish in a small pond or small fish in a big pond? And he gave this results of a study. He said that, do you know that most of the people who actually go to the Ivy League, the famous university, end up, their percentage of failure is higher than those who go to a normal university. So, if there's two engineering class, one in the Ivy League, one in the normal university, the one in Ivy League will have a higher failure rate. Means like, let's say 70% of their students will fail. and But when you go to a normal university, only 30% of the people will fail. Why? He said this. Think about it. People who entered Ivy League, most of them are already very smart. An average student in an Ivy League university will be much smarter or at least as smart as a top student in a normal university. Now, with that in mind, right, why should and why should they fail when they're doing their studies in the Ivy League? The answer is because of pressure. When you are super intelligent in your school and you go to Ivy League, you realize that everyone is as smart. You are not the smartest anymore. Everyone is as smart. In fact, you're normal. And that is a huge blow to ego, a huge blow to confidence. And that becomes a blockage of furthering their studies. That becomes a blockage for them to learn. Do you know how difficult it is to learn if every day you tell yourself that I'm not smart enough to learn? Every day when you look at your friends in the university and you think to yourself, shit, I'm so damn dumb compared to them. The chances are you're not going to do well. But if you go to a normal university, right, end of the day, because everyone is just quite average, as long as you're willing to put the effort, you seem to be the best or doing better, well, you're happier. And when you learn happier, end of the day, the chances of you passing is much higher. See? Same thing here. The same happened in human psychology is the same in business as well. That's the truth. So you'd rather look for a company who, who actually is good at one small thing because those skills will be transferable as they expand. But at least they become very good. Okay? And so when you want to look for a company that is young, look for those kind of company. And along the way, you will see them still being focused. If you actually look at Apple for a long period of time, I would say even until today, they are focusing on mobile. They are focusing on mobile. They are trying to make iPad the replacement of Mac books. See? It's very focused. On, very, very focused. And with that focus, they end up building the whole ecosystem of iOS. One thing I enjoy using Apple is this. It doesn't really break down, at least last time. Nah. Because when I realized that I was using Android, nah, they tend to hang on last time. Because think about it, you know, if you are Samsung, nah, you produce 10 models of phone. 
from the low end all the way to the high end. And you need to run tests on the Android system. And the Android system is supposed to be built in this way that is usable for all models of phone regardless of whichever manufacturer. So maybe like to test for Galaxy S 1,000 times, test for Note 1,000 times. You know? But if you talk about Apple, uh, when the iPhone 11 comes out, right, iOS for mobile uh, was tested on Apple, I, Apple 12, right? From day one all the way until the day it launched, you know. There's only one model of phone, you know. Test all the way. So the software, the operating system, is so adapted to the hardware that it becomes extremely optimum. So we are, you know I'm a YouTuber, right? <clears throat> we are YouTuber and we do a lot of video editing. How many of you know how to edit video here? If you know how to edit video here and you know what's Adobe Premiere and Final Cut Pro, can you just write there, edit for us? So for editing, there's two software. Number one is called uh, Adobe Premiere. It's actually used on Windows computer. It's probably one of the best as well. And then there's this next thing called Final Cut Pro. These two are considered at an amateur level professional editing software that you can use. Now, if you are to render videos, right, Final Cut Pro, which is owned by Apple, is extremely, extremely, extremely fast. I can produce a video on Final Cut Pro super fast in a very short period of time. Three times faster than Adobe Premiere Pro. Why? Because Final Cut Pro is only tested on iOS and it's only tested on Mac. Not even Apple phones, uh, because Apple phone cannot run iOS Pro, uh, the Final Cut Pro. Uh, iPad also cannot. Uh, only MacBooks and the computers. There's only that few models. So it's so optimized that when we use Final Cut Pro, it's extremely, extremely, extremely fast. As compared to if I use Adobe Premiere Pro, Adobe Premiere Pro has to be tested with Dell, HP, <coughs> every other computer available, their motherboard, their, you know, whatever, like everything. It's not as optimized. Simple as that. See? So that's the power of focus. And that makes the company great in the sense as well. Okay? That makes it great as well. And so finally, my last point, if you're ready for the last point, can you write final for me? <laughs> So we have talked about four things. Number one, always learning. Number two, look for a company that makes money. Number three, look for a company with a great management team, which is company with management team that can attract talent and retain talent. And number four, companies that are focused on the niche. And finally, the last one, a moat. A company with a moat. What do we mean by moat? Moat simply means a company that their business model is hard to copy. 
it is defensive. It is very hard for people to copy them to replicate what they do. So that's what we call a moat. So look for companies that it's hard to copy their business model. One of the easiest thing that I can give you an example of again is toll roads. Not everyone can go out and build toll roads. Yeah. Or either you can talk about like TSMC, a company that does chip manufacturing. It's not easy to build a fabrication plant for semiconductor chips. You need one billion. Once you invested in that, then can. Now, certain other companies is going to be like Facebook. They also have a mode. What is that mode? Most of the people have Facebook. Today, you want to come up with a new social media that replaces Facebook. It's going to be really, really hard. That's a mode. That's a network effect. That's a mode. Power generation, TNB, that's a mode. How can you copy it? Glove. Medical glove needs FDA approval, consistency in production, quality control. Those are mode. Not anyone can simply build a medical glove company one. It takes a long time. It's going to be hard to copy. Whether because of technology, whether because of network effect, whether because of um, regulations, whether because of capital, somewhere or another, they have to have some sort of a moat. Once you find a company with a moat and have all those things that we talked about, then you've just found yourself a great company to invest in. It's a great company to invest in. Moat takes time to build. Moat doesn't just appear just like that. It takes time. It takes time. And it takes time to observe. No company... Now, some people are asking a question, so how do you discover a company's moat? I can tell you this one thing, right? Moat uh, is like a secret weapon, you know. No one come out uh, telling everyone, right, what they are so good at and why you can't be like them. It's like secret, you know. No one come out and tell you this kind of thing. You know, it's like, if you watch Peter Thiel, uh, Peter Thiel, uh, he's the earlier investor of Facebook. He has this saying, he only invests in companies that are monopolies. And he, he said this one thing, you will realize that companies who are monopolies will tell you that they are not monopolies. And companies who are not monopolies will tell you that they are monopolies. Oh. So, what I'm trying to say, right, is that the chances are a company like Grab, right, right now will tell you, no, we're not monopoly. There are other competitors. Very hard to fight one. Uh, it's a very competitive space. Very hard, lah, no, lah, like that. We are not, we are not monopoly. They'll always tell you that. And, but if, let's say, uh, there's another new company come out and I want to be a taxi, you know, largest e-hailing or e-wallet or whatnot, right? They tell you we are the biggest. Oh, we are the best in the market. You must use us because we are good. You see? 
<coughs> those who actually have a monopoly will never say that they're monopoly. And so how are you going to discover their mode is really purely by learning all about the company's business model, financial statements, what makes that business so great. So it was literally the first four steps that I talked about. Once you complete the first four steps, you will arrive to the fifth, which is whether is this company having a mode or not. So after you do the four steps, you'll find out that at the end, is this company having a mode or not. When you find a company with mode, then fantastic. You just found for yourself a great company to invest in. So that's all about it for tonight to talk about how to find great stocks. If you have enjoyed tonight's session about great stocks, yeah, can you just write there for me in the comment, great stocks. Right? Just write there, great stocks. So I hope that with these five steps, as I'm going to summarize again, number one, always learning. Learn about business model. Learn about why one company is better than another. What makes the best company in that business model? Number two, look for a company that makes money. Makes money. End of the day, cash is king. High return of capital is very important. Because as an investor, what you want to get is return of capital. Number three, look for a company with a management team that can retain talent and attract talent and also can adapt to change. It takes time to tell whether a company can adapt to change. It takes a lot of study to discover that, reading through their interviews, understanding their technology, how they evolve along the days. The fourth thing, discover what their focus is on. Find a company that's good in one area. They have to have one area of strength that they're so good in. And they're going to be a company that's focused in building on their strength. And finally, discover their mode. Find their mode. Once you find it, you find those great companies. So, these are the five steps to get, to identify. These are the five steps to identify a great company to invest in. So, that's all about it. And right now, let's going to take some Q&A, everyone. Yep. Uh, I noticed that Stephen Ng has been keep asking me, Top Glove bonus, Top Glove bonus, Top Glove bonus, Supermax bonus, Stock Split. Looks like everyone is very interested in this question. Now, I won't go too much in depth into that, but maybe try to ask me something a little bit more specific about Stock Split and so on. Nonetheless, I'm just going to base it on this question, which I think is almost similar to everyone else. Understand that. Okay. Um, okay, wait, huh? this is not about stock split. I'm going to answer this in a short while. Okay. Many people are asking me this question. Should you hold, should you sell, or should you buy more? Okay. Based on the previous history, when you look at all this company, when they did a stock split, for Top Glove and Supermax, after they split, usually there's a dip in the price and after that, it maintained at a low for a period of time of one and a half years. Now, that is the history that we see. If you think that history will happen again, 
then that is what you should be expecting of their stock's price movement. All right? However, I think that's worthy to take note of this year is something different. This year, because of COVID, there's an increase of demand. Therefore, their sales is really going higher. And every month, they are increasing their sales. Every quarter, their results are showing very good results. And that is something that did not happen during the previous bonus split. But this time, this is happening. So, because of that, the situation could be different. Now, if what you want to look for is a quick buck, which is you are thinking of buying and selling, going in and out of the market very quickly, I can just say one thing. I have no comment because I really do not know whether is it going to go up or down. Should you buy or should you sell? Because if I know, again, I won't be doing what am I doing right now. I'll be just buying and selling stocks regularly and become a multi-multi-billionaire, not even million-billion, because I can predict the future. Now, on the other hand, if your question is, are glove stocks something that is worth investing? What I can tell you is this, there is a very obvious demand increase in glove. Whether or not there's COVID or not, people's awareness for health and hygiene is a lot more higher now. So, with that being said, the demand is clearly higher. With a demand being clearly higher, they definitely are going to produce more. So, if you today, if today you find a business that has a higher and higher demand for its product, do you think it makes sense for you that this business is going to do well in future? And so would you want to participate in a company that's going to do well? It's your call. I have friends who tell me, I think that glove stocks, no more movement momentum. Lah. I don't want to buy it. I don't want to play with it already. Because precisely they are right. They are playing with it. Mah. They are going in and out. They are playing. Mah. But if you are doing long-term investment, then your question could be a different set of questions that you need to ask yourself. So it comes down to what you are looking at. Now, in my own opinion, I think the demand for glove is getting better and better. So that's my own personal opinion. Alright? So that's for glove stocks. Uh, I think it's also kind of answer Sean's question earlier. Uh, let me just pick out other questions as well. Air Asia want to go into e-hailing. That's a good statement. Now, uh, Air Asia Tony Fernandez, Dato Tony Fra Fernandez actually just said uh, Tan Sri Tony Fernandez just said this one thing, right? That he he's planning to build the next super app. Uh. For me personally, I really do not know because it's uh, whether is it going to happen, is it not going to happen, I really do not know because uh, I didn't really pay too much attention to it. Uh, nonetheless, this is what I can tell you guys. Uh, very simple. It's kind of me telling you right now that uh, I want to build the biggest financial edutainment network in Asia. You know? Then? Let's see where it goes from here. That's my opinion of it. Huh? 
Alright, Sean's question, uh, I want to answer this last part. I understand that investing in a great company at Top Glove, but the question is to keep holding a stock or sell and buy from time to time. Alright, that's a very good question because many people have this uh, question that they ask, right? When, I, when I'm talking about investing, it's actually a long-term thing, right? Do you keep selling and buying the same stock? Now, personally, uh, I do both. There's a good portion that I just hold on to one particular stock. But there's a good portion as well I would actually go in and out of the same stock sometimes. There is more calculation involved of how you want to do that calculation, uh, how you want to go about it, and there's no rule of, there's no like a hard and fast rule that you must follow. It is something that you're going to develop along the days uh, with simple guidelines. So, yeah. That's as much as I can answer for now. Lah. Yeah. So I've already talked about Supermax, Top Glove, Bonus Issue. Mm. Mm. Okay. I think this is a very, very interesting question. Uh, he actually gave us a... Min Yao actually gave us a case study, literally, right? He said this, if a company A has poor work-life balance based on Glassdoor and have a rating of 2 plus out of 5, which is a cause of high turnover or perceived poor corporate culture, but the company A is showing results, 100% increase in yearly revenue for the past 3 years, is it still considered a quality stock? Now, um, you are only depending on your information on Glassdoor, Number one, it comes down to how many how many reviews are there. If there's only two reviews, what does it tell you? If it's all the staff gave a review, what does it tell you the next thing? Now, number two, it also comes down to the business model of the company. What kind of business model of the company you're looking at? What kind of aspects are they complaining on? Um, is this revenue dependent on the people or not? Like, for example, if we were to talk about a company like um, TNB, and they say that like it's not a good working environment, I personally think that it doesn't really affect her because TNB already got their contract. I mean, they're the only ones who are allowed to sell us electricity. So does it matter whether they are making their staff happy or not? In the long run, yes, but well, it's not the main cause. So it really depends on the business model again when it comes to here. Ah, oh, so I just want to highlight this part that um someone actually mentioned here as well. Uh, just to let you guys know when we talk about a glove counter having a stock split, what will happen is that after a stock split the price of the stock will go down. Uh, it will go down according to the proportion of the number of stock speed. So price definitely will divide by three. That's top glove. So top glove one is two to one, which is for every stock you hold, they give you two. And what will happen is that the price is supposed, the value of the stock, I would say, is divided by three. And usually the price will follow. <clears throat> now, I will answer this last question. I'll answer this last question and then we're going to call it a night. If you have any questions about stocks or more, do, do join us on this coming Saturday for Talk Stock Sing Song or join us on this coming Thursday for our Ask Me Anything session. 
Now, before I answer this last question about do I buy into a stock just because the dividend payout is near to get the dividend? Because I also get this question by other people, right? Someone is asking me, if let's say we know that on Monday these stocks is issuing dividend, should I buy it uh, before the X date and once the bonus is issued, sell off the stock? Now, some people actually ask this question. If you would love to know the answer, please stay on for the next five minutes to get the answer to that. However, at the same time, I would just love to have your patience for me to promote again our t-shirt. Yeah. So for those of you who are here watching this channel, if you love what you have been watching so far and you would love to support our journey of promoting financial literacy to Malaysian public or Asia, I would say, one thing you can do is support us by ordering our Money Maker Limited Edition Mr. Money TV T-shirt. It's going to be 59 ringgit and 90 cent. And for this time, because of pre-order, the shipping is free. So buy this for yourself. Buy this for your friend. Give it away as a gift. And more importantly, it will support our effort of promoting financial literacy. Don't worry about the t-shirt quality. We have ensured that it's a good quality t-shirt. The one with the nice thick cotton like super dry that kind of thick cotton. Maybe not as thick as super dry but about that kind of thickness. Not the you know the chip chip one, the tin tin one. This one is really the comfortable one. So it's the kind that you can wear out. So it's available in two colors white and black. Get yourself two if you can. If not, just get one for yourself. Thank you very much for your support for financial literacy. And now I'm going to go into the answer of that question. Remember this one thing. When you want to invest in a company, you must remember that stock prices uh, will reflect what people think when you we always have this saying right that the stock price is a forward indicator of what people think of the company which means right if I think the company is going to earn 100% increase in profit by 5 months down the road because I know that they have been awarded a contract. Do you think I'll buy now or buy after? I will likely buy now. And that is what's, what pushes the price up for the stock. And that's what pushes up speculation. And by the time the news comes out, the price usually will drop back down. Because speculation is huh? Now, it's not too different from dividend. Many people will try to chase for it. And at the moment dividend is being paid, uh, very often, people will sell. If you can think of it, many people will think about the same thing. One. Because you can think of it, many people will think of the same thing. So many people are also following suit by buying right now and then at the moment they get the exit, they sell. So the price usually will dip a bit or so. Uh, it usually will not be worth for you to doing this kind of uh, short-term chasing just to get a dividend. It may not bring the kind of result that you want. Alright? 
it may not bring the kind of result that you want. So be careful as you're doing that. Uh, I wouldn't suggest you to do it uh, because I personally, I can tell you right up front, I don't do it. I don't do it, all right? Yeah. So that's all for it tonight. And for those of you who are asking about a t-shirt, uh, we have sizes from XS all the way to XL. So uh, just put in your size so that we can order accordingly. So we have size from XS all the way to XL or even XXL if you need it. If you need XXL, just write there and we'll try our very best to accommodate to it because like we say, it's a pre-order. So all the stocks or all the sizes will be available because it's pre-order. Now, and finally, for those of you who say that you can't click on it, don't worry if you can't, if you can't click on it in the comment, you can always go to our news feed. Just go to Mr. Money TV's page on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash Mr. Money TV. www.facebook.com slash Mr. Money TV. You can always go to our Facebook page and then click on to our post for the pre-order of the Moneymaker t-shirt. You can always go there. Right. And finally, the t-shirt is unisex. It's a unisex cutting. So, male or female, no problem. Alright. And Blue C is asking me, what size do I wear? Uh, I wear in between S and X. S and M, it depends on whether do I do a lot of exercise during those periods of time. If I do a lot of exercise, sometimes I go to S. If I do less exercise, uh, I'll go a little bit towards the M. Alright, so that's my size. Okay, thank you very much everyone. Have a good night. Thank you very much for supporting the channel. Love you guys. Continue supporting us and join us on this coming Thursday for our AMA session and on coming Saturday for our Talk Stock Sing Song session. So just before I go, I would love to conclude once again the five steps to find a great quality stock. Number one, always learning. Learn about business model. Learn about why is it the best company to invest in. Why that company is the best among their competitor. Number two, look for a company that makes money. Make sure it's profitable. It has a high return of capital. Number three, look for a company with a good management team. A management team that's able to attract and retain talent and to adapt to change. And number four, focus. Look for a company that's focused and are good in a niche. Focus in what they are doing. Number five, look for a company that is hard to copy their business model. So, that's the five steps of discovering a great company to invest in. Everyone, thank you very much for watching tonight. Good night and have a good rest. That was the step-by-step -step guide that we use to identify quality stocks to invest in and we hope it will help you to develop a profitable investment strategy and become a better investor. If you enjoyed our content, do leave us a 5-star rating and follow us for more content and we will see you next week.